Hello, you're listening to The Short Story, the daily podcast that will help you make sense of what is happening in STOs and crypto assets. My name is Stefan Lösch. In the last days, there were two Ethereum transactions that paid about two and a half million in transaction fees each. I mean, Ethereum is expensive, but even for Ethereum, that's a bit on the high side. So after a first transaction, there were two major theories. Either, well, it was Fat Fingers, a UX error, or money laundering. Now a third one has been added. So what is it? I actually want to go through these uh, three options in turns, because to some extent, the possible options are more interesting than what actually happened, at least if you think about security tokens. So the first option was simply, well, that's a UX error. Someone inputted some numbers badly, and uh, this is why it happened. The second option was uh, money laundering. And the third option that came up after the second transaction was it might have been a script, um, a robot trader that behaved badly. Now, that these are all possibilities is somewhat important because, uh, while these are really things that we possibly need to work on Ethereum, and they're slightly different in Ethereum that they are other things. So let's talk uh, through the fat fingers explanation first. Obviously, at the moment, wallets are sometimes not as easy to use as one might think. And the theory here was that, well, someone must have uh must have wanted to do a 2.6 million transact uh, transaction and he wanted to pay a fee of a few dollar and he just mixed up the two numbers and this is what happened and of course uh, well if you do this with your bank you probably well a you generally with a bank you don't choose your fees but more importantly if you make a mistake like this generally your bank gives you the money back now on Ethereum, there's no bank that can give you the money back. And, well, that's a problem. Having said this, um, and uh, if you look at the tweet in reference five of this, apparently, at least for the second transaction, the mining pool seems to be willing to reimburse that fee. So that's actually quite interesting. So whilst Ethereum is generally immutable, from time to time, when you make really, really big mistakes, then there is possibly a chance of getting this reversed. But, uh, well, that sort of happens from time to time. I mean, uh, obviously, we all remember um, Ethereum Classic versus Ethereum and the first DAO when there was a hack and literally what they did, they changed the entire algorithm in the chain to undo the mistake that the programmers of the DAO had make, made and that led to um, a massive amount of Ether being stolen and no one could do anything about it. Anyway, so user experience is important. And uh, if we want to have anything ready for prime time, if we want to have a system ready for prime time, it has to have either of two properties. Either the user experience must be such that even people who are not on top of things 
cannot really hurt themselves. Or if they hurt themselves, we need to be able to undo these transactions. So there is just no way we can have a financial services system that is open for the masses where someone can just pay a $2.6 million fee for a few dollar transaction and, well, that's it. He just lost uh, $2.5 million. So the second explanation was money laundering. And, well, money laundering is a general topic that we are um, worried about. Uh, but I wanted to explain why this could be money laundering, because this is actually quite an interesting topic. So, as you probably know, Ethereum as Bitcoin is a public chain. And this means you can trace every transaction um, all the way back. And there are actually services who do nothing but that, who sort of, for every transaction, tell you, okay, where did this money come from? Which is quite interesting, because obviously, if you try to do this in the normal banking system, this is absolutely impossible. Well, it's not absolutely impossible, but it takes a lot of work if you go through all kind of uh, bank accounts. However, and let me use Bitcoin terminology, even though this is Ethereum, and well, thanks for Colin Platt of uh, pointing this out to me because I had thought about this in uh, Bitcoin terms and Ethereum is slightly different. Um, this here is what on Bitcoin would be called a coin-based transaction, meaning these are coins that did not exist previously that have been newly generated. Now, as I said, on Ethereum, this is not entirely true. Because Ethereum transaction fees are really just transferred from whoever made the transaction to uh, the miner. In Bitcoin, however, that uses a UTXO model, the, 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 the transaction fees together with the block reward appear in which is called a Coinbase transaction, which is the first transaction in the block. This is like new virgin money created out of nothing. And so what in Bit well, what happens in Bitcoin is essentially all the money that, so in, the, in this Coinbase transaction, you get the block fees. This is new money. Plus you get the block fees and they are also new money. But at the same time, all the fees are destroyed in the old UTXOs because it work, the way it works in Bitcoin is um, when you try to transfer, I don't know, half a Bitcoin and from an account that first has one Bitcoin, then you send half a Bitcoin to a certain address. Then you set, set and you send the remainder to an address that belongs to you. This is generally referred to as a change and the difference. And, but you keep, you don't send everything back. But part of it you just don't send anywhere, and what you don't send anywhere, this is the mining fee, and by definition, uh, this just disappears. So you have one Bitcoin in, 0 0.99 Bitcoins out, and the difference uh, just uh, is added to the Coinbase in the new Bitcoin block. Now, the important thing here is that whilst you could, in principle, trace the money from the fees back, um, the reality is you don't. You generally, when someone traces uh, traces money, 
in normal circumstances, they consider Coinbase new money, and so they don't uh, they don't trace it trace it back. So this, in principle, allows miners to launder money. How? Well, they just simply include a transaction that contains a massive fee, and well, they try to include it in every block. And once they find it a block, they just uh, they just keep the fee. Now, obviously, they need to change it with all their mining. They need to share it with all their mining pool, which again is probably not such a great idea. But in principle, they could create illicit money. Um, they could take illicit money, take it in fees, and create new pristine Coinbase money out of this. So this was a little bit of a, a question yesterday after the first transaction that uh, this might have uh, might have been the case. Now, as I said today, there was a second transaction, and I think so today it was clearer what happened because a the second transaction was a different mining pool, and Plus, the mining pool is actually intending to give the money back. So, well, uh, obviously, if this would have been money laundering, the mining pool wouldn't give the money back. In any case, well, you might have two uh, pools trying to launder money, but it just sort of, it is relatively unlikely. So it was probably not money laundering. Another thing that uh, that sees apparently um this wasn't that someone paid a, a, a massive, they said, oh, well, pay that much fee, but they paid actually a massive gas price. Now, paying a massive gas price is something that you cannot generally do as a user and interface um, error within Ethereum because the gas price is generally something that is relatively hard coded. Um, you can somewhat change it, but you can probably not. Well, most Ethereum clients would not allow you uh, to put a gas price where you pay a few million dollars uh, dollars in fees. So you really have to do it uh, do this yourself. And so the last explanation that is the most likely one in this case that this was an automated script. This automated script had some algorithm to estimate the gas price because it wanted to do a transaction within a certain time. And well, this script somehow uh, got the calculation wrong, put a massive gas price into the, um, into the transaction for some funny reason, not only said, Oh, I'm going to pay this gas price, but I also attached all this money to the transaction. And well, off it went and the transaction went through. Anyway, so long story short, this was probably a programmer mistake. And uh, as such, well, we don't care about that much because, well, if programmers uh, get hurt in this market, programmers tend to be professionals. So if you, as a pro if you run scripts that do something with Ethereum, you're a professional, well, this is your problem. However, it does highlight that there might still be money laundering issues in the space, and in particular that there might still be user experience issues in the space. This is why people thought this could have happened. And so it just shows to highlight that, look, this is really something that we probably still need to think about before we can go mainstream. 
So that's all for today. And well, let's hope to see you next time. Bye.